Can you guys hear me? Sorry, hold on. 32 super fans. I, I couldn't understand a word that was said. Every angle of the NFL covered. You fired up for that, man? Huh? This. We on go time. We, we still on go. Hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane. This is Next Fan Up. We're live, bro. Hello and welcome to the hijinks of Thanksgiving week. This is week 12. Yes, 12 weeks into the season and we still don't know anything. I am James, your Eagle Super fan for Next Fan Up, the, the podcast for fans, by fans, and I am joined this week by MJ, our Falcon Super fan. MJ, how are you, sir? I'm actually pretty good, pretty good. Hoping everybody's doing good tonight as well. And a surprise today, our producer extraordinaire, Justin, our Seahawks superfan. Justin, how are you, sir? Uh, boy, I'm a Seahawks fan, so terrible. <laughs> Still looking for that defense? Oh, uh, yeah. Look on the side of a milk uh, carton. You might see a picture in a, uh, of me. Is your team's that. record better than four and six? No. No. No, it's not. <laughs> so no, there's that. Not. I appreciate you trying oh. to make me feel better, but no. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, sports fans, ladies and gents, uh, I wish you could have been here for the pre-show hijink. I'm still tearing up from laughter about all the shenanigans, but this is Thanksgiving week, meaning that we have three games on Thursday, so we're coming to you a tad bit early, and then a full slate of games with two on Sunday and Monday, and two teams on a bye, but before we get started with all that, we're going to Begin with a couple of news and notes and two big stories that started today. One turned out to be true and one was shenanigans. So let's start with the true story. The Giants fire offensive coordinator Jason Garrett. Um, if you saw Monday Night Football, you could probably understand why. Uh, my question, uh, and, and I'm going to start <laughs> with Justin, um, is the offensive woes of the Giants more so the Jason Garrett's fault or the ineptitude of their quarterback, Daniel Jones? Boy, I think that's exactly the right question to ask because oftentimes <laughs> the offensive coordinator gets scapegoated and Daniel Jones, frankly, has not been a very impressive. I mean, the fact of the matter is Jason Garrett hasn't been there for very long, so uh, which tells you how well things worked out for the last guy. But I got to tell you, Jason Garrett was also pretty lousy uh, in Dallas as well. So I don't know. I think maybe he's bad and also Daniel Jones is bad. MJ, your thoughts? My question is this. Um, he wasn't very good as a head coach in Dallas. So what made them think he was going to make a good OC in New York? Sometimes these coaches, when they're promoted from the coordinator spots, get a taste of the spotlight, don't do well, go back to the coordinator spot and thrive for years. Look at North Turner. He was the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys in the early 90s, got the Washington head coaching job, bombed there in about three-plus years, and ever since, <clears throat> after a short stint out of the league, bounced around to at least half a dozen teams as the OC, and those teams all performed well, I would say top 10-ish, as far as their offensive productiveness. So, there's a case to be made that once you step up, you kind of get humbled a bit 
and you go back down and learn all the things you did wrong. Look, look at your boy Dan Quinn in Dallas and how you how turned that know, around. How did, how did I know that was coming? I, I, I mean, because you're here and it's off the top of my head, so you're welcome. <laughs> All right. Okay. First off, I have nothing but goodwill towards Dan Gwynn, but he wasn't the Seahawks head coach. He was just the DC. Second off, I do think there right. is a sense sometimes that, like, uh, Jason Garrett, it was a former NFL quarterback, right? You go back in the day, he backed up. I mean, apparently he was. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, I I often think that for whatever reason, um, let me start with the premise that I think most NFL team ownership is fairly stupid, right? Just going to put that out there. I think they're stupid, right? <laughs> And there's no this, like, there. like this bare minimum, like, like preschool level connect the dots of it's like, oh, he was a quarterback. Therefore, he knows quarterbacking. Therefore, he can make a quarterback good. Right. Well, it wasn't a great quarterback. He <clears> played <throat> in an era where the playbook was like you had eight runs and like two passes that were Tecmo like German routes. Right. It, it was technical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You had you had the four <laughs> plays. You had to press the button, and like that was it. And and like there's there's very little evidence that like the having been an offensive player and audience, I'm doing air quotes right now, makes you a great mm-hmm. offensive mind. That's really not the way it works. Look around the, the league and look at who the actual great offensive minds are. Right? Like who's the best offensive coach in the league? I would say Andy Reid. Spoilers: If you've never seen a picture of Andy Reid, he was not a quarterback. No, uh, he was a lineman. <laughs> Right. Or even like, and you know, he's having a, a Daniel, but look at Sean McVay. Dude, the guy's like 32. If he was a quarterback, he'd still be a quarterback. He's like, right. Uh, he, he can barely rent a car. Uh, and so <laughs> l- turning to things like, oh, this guy was a quarterback. He's going to be a quarterback whisperer. No, that's dumb. Highly Owners dumb. are dumb. These guys are dumb. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I, I wish we had more input from Jared's write-up about this, but um, sadly, he just kept it to the game this week against Philly. Uh, the next story we're going to move on has to do with Matt Nagy <laughs> and the Bears, because apparently some guy, and I can only call him some guy, writing for a site that's akin to The Onion for sports, decided to write that Bears ownership told Matt Nagy he was going to be fired after the outcome of the Thanksgiving Day game against Detroit, regardless of whether they won or lost. And what started out, I guess, was supposed to be, you know, a piece for a satire column, turned into this whole thing that actually got traction in SB Nation, Yahoo.com, um, Bleacher Report, and even on NFL Network and ESPN talked about it as the supposed rumor, only for Matt Nagy to come out for his daily press conference shortly after all these reports started making traction to say he hasn't even talked to ownership this week about his current status and to pretty much reassure that those reports are not true at all. Um, MJ, I'm going to start with you, because we were in a chat group earlier when, this, when we saw this article by this guy who wrote it, and for a minute we thought it was real <laughs> until I actually dug in and started reading. So what was your reaction through everything that happened only to find out this is a farce. So my reaction was that there might be possible legitimacy to it, but that was only because of another rumor that I read talking about some of the players wanted him gone. Now, honestly, I didn't check the credibility of that website because it was just in my daily feed. And I was like, huh, okay, that's an interesting headline. And I didn't think anything else about it. 
Then we get this link from this site, which I didn't know anything about. So I'm like, huh, okay, maybe, maybe not. I don't know because, again, I don't know anything about the site. So I didn't give it too much credibility, but, I mean, stranger things have happened. So yeah, I will go ahead and say and say, yeah, yes, but the Bears' we, ownership we, we, is we, no. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, the Bears' ownership is not one of those groups or teams. I mean, you, the Bears are one of the dynasty family teams. You know, like the Steelers right. with the Rooneys and the Mares with the Giants. They don't fire coaches midseason, regardless. You may get the warning at the beginning of the year. This is make or break for you, which we all knew Matt Nagy got when they got the seal of approval right before the draft. Um, yeah. Justin, your your insight on this? I mean. I, I believe you when you say it's a satirical report, but I just assumed that the Bears were a satirical football team based on what we've seen. <laughs> Look, I, I hear what you're saying about the, the Bears' ownership, and I imagine you're, oh, you're probably God. right. But but if, if I could offer a counterpoint, they're also stupid because Matt Nagy is a former quarterback who they thought could turn around the offense, and we see how that has worked out at, at, all across the league. So. Oh, my gosh. And Maggie was the wrong hire from the Andy Reid tree, which unfortunately <laughs> happens because, look, and I'll take this a step further as far as people constantly picking at Andy Reid's tree. It doesn't always work out, especially on the offensive side. I, I would remind everyone listening that when he was in Philadelphia, his tree was picked to hell, especially <laughs> on the offensive side. And unfortunately, Gruden was the only one who panned out. Um, yeah, how's that working out? Yeah, right, and we see how that's working out now. But almost everybody else, pretty much just horrible mess. I mean, I remember one OC got hired by the Detroit Lions. They canned him after two years. So uh, you might want to be – look, and, and that's not to slight Eric Bieniemy in any way, shape, or form. I think he's getting a raw deal for all the obvious reasons. But, I mean, be careful when and who you're plucking from whose tree. So – that, that, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, that's just great dating on. advice. <laughs> that too. But uh, let's move on to Thursday, three games on the Thanksgiving docket. And um, aside from the Lions and Cowboys, the most games played on Thanksgiving Day are, are played by the Chicago Bears and then the Green Bay Packers. So um, if you didn't know that, that's some uh, news and notes for you. Here's some other uh, notes that I stumbled upon across Thanksgiving Day games. Uh, the number one, only one team has never played on Thanksgiving Day. Either you care to guess who that is? Uh, I'm going to go with the Titans. No, 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 because no, the Oilers, whatever. Give me the Texans. Mm-hmm. MJ? Um, I'll pass my guess. I don't know. All right. What if I told you it was the Jacksonville Jaguars? Oh, that was my other guess. Shoot. <laughs> That would not surprise me. Uh, there are uh, several teams that have never won on Thanksgiving Day, including the Browns, Bengals, and the Buccaneers have never won a game on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> uh, the most career sacks by any player on Thanksgiving Day combined for a career is Ezekiel Anzo with eight and a half. Most receiving touchdowns is Calvin Johnson with 11. Uh Excuse me. And the most career passing yards held by any one player on Thanksgiving Day is Matthew Stafford in 10 career games has 3,000 yards. And, and yet he keeps turning the ball over in L.A. 
A lot of Lions on that list. Not a lot of Lions wins, though. Uh, no, definitely not a lot of Lions wins. Uh, most career passing touchdowns is a tie between Romo and Stafford at 18. So there, there's some nice little nuggets for you for your turkey day. And we'll get started with the first of the three games, which is the Chicago Bears, as we just shredded for obvious reasons, visiting the Detroit Lions, who are still winless at this point in the season. And um, I, I would say that it is good that this game is on first, considering the ineptitude of the Bears and the dismal dismay of the Lions. And based on our picks, uh, the power rankings, our shadowy background figure in MJ, you, you're going with the Bears. Uh, I don't know why I believe the Lions are going to win this game because we don't even know if Jared Goff is going to play. And Justin, you're picking a tie. So uh, to get your nonsense out of the way early, please explain the tie. <laughs> get my nonsense out of the way. How dare you, sir? I am an analyst. Uh, <laughs> Well, it's it's really very simple. Uh, I, I look at these two teams and I think to myself, man, surely there is a way for both of these teams to lose. And I guess there is. And that would be a tie. And that's something that the Lions have already experienced. Honestly, I, I just can't wait to see the Lions go winless, but not have all losses uh, and finish their season with, I don't know, let's let's say let's say at least uh, ties. I think this, this game is going to end two to two. That's my call. Safeties for both teams, really? Oh yeah, embarrassing ones too. I, I, I uh, it, it'll be, it'll be a competition to see who does it worse. Oh my gosh, MJ, you're going with the Bears. I'm going with the Bears honestly because they're just barely better than the Lions. Um, neither team has shown me anything this year that makes me think anything positive about either team. But when I look at the Bears versus the Lions, it's like. Oh, God, at least the Bears have won, what, three games this season? Something now, like mind that, you, this, this this could potentially be where Detroit gets their first win, but I'm, I'm banking on the Bears putting them away. Yeah, I have no real reason for uh, picking the Lions other than, I mean, Goff is probably not going to play, which is a good thing. Um, hopefully David Blow or Blau, however you pronounce his name, is not the next man up, because if he is, they probably still won't win. <laughs> but there is enough talent on the offense to try to get things done. And look, they're playing at home. It's going to be in front of a restless crowd. Expect to see the brown paper bags out. And um, yeah, the, the turmoil with the Bears previously mentioned. I don't want to talk too much more about this game. Uh, Golf was a limited participant in practice, so he's questionable for the game. Deshaun Hand, their defensive end, has been put on injury reserve with a growing uh, running back, Jamar Jefferson, wide receiver, Trinity Benson, and defensive end Michael Brockers also show up on the injury report. For the Bears, Damian Wilson, Justin Fields, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney all show up as questionable. Key in those is Justin Fields, who is doubtful, non-participant in practice on Tuesday. Expect to see Andy Dalton as the starter the next game. <laughs> will be airing on CBS is the Las Vegas Raiders visiting the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, excuse me. The Raiders fall in our power rankings from 15 to 19. The Cowboys fall from 5 to 10. And we actually do have a couple of write-ups before I get to you two yahoos. Uh, Kevin, our Cowboys fan, does write in, Cowboys have sucked off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Whoa. <laughs> Cowboys oh. have sucked off the last three weeks. The Raiders have sucked 
three weeks in a row. So give me the less sucky team in the Cowboys, the end. Actually, P.S., the Raiders are dreadful against the run. So maybe, just maybe, the Cowboys can find a running game. <laughs> Monty, our Raiders fan, does submit. The weight of the season appears to me more than the offense can bear. They converted one single third down. Defense looked good through three quarters, but couldn't bail the offense, crapping the bed time and time again in the fourth quarter. I expect a good first half, and then the Cowboys will pull away, similar to Kevin's shirt when he's having tummy troubles. Unless, <laughs> unless the defense scores points themselves, why not? This season has been unpredictable. Raiders 24, Cowboys 20. <laughs> Either you want to take on this game because I've got no words after those two statements. By the way, everyone's picking the Cowboys, including the power rankings. Cowboys are eight-point favorites. Next. <laughs> Next. The Thursday night game airing on NBC is the Buffalo Bills who fall from four to eight in the power rankings at the New Orleans Saints, who fall from 14 to 18 in the power rankings. <laughs> the Bills are four-and-a-half-point favorites, and we actually do have write-ups from both of our fans. But these teams, starting with the Saints, oh, goodness gracious, I have to compose myself. <laughs> oh, man, Th this has just been um, – an embarrassment of riches, to say the least. Our Saints fan does send in. The Saints were down seven, seven offensive starters against the Eagles. It's very possible they will be down eight with the Trotman injury. He's right. They will be without Trotman. Uh, I don't expect the Saints to win when they are missing these pieces and playing their third game in 11 days. Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara, Mike Thomas, Adam Troutman, Taron Armstead, Ryan Ramchek, Taysom Hill, Andres Pete, that being said, Saints normally find a way to pull off these games, Bills by 60. And then Rob, our Bills fan, who can't be happy after this past Sunday, Bills have one of the lowest vaccination rates in the league. That led to the Bills losing big last week. Starr and Spencer Brown both out due to COVID. If Starr is out, Kamara is going to destroy us. Bills O-line is trash, and the D-line is not that great either. Starting to see wow. more sugar high Josh Allen. That is what the Bills call the Josh Allen that does silly stuff to try to win games, and they really work. I'm not optimistic. Saints 20, Bills 10. Um, I, I will let Rob know that there's only one Josh Allen in the league, and that is the uh, defensive lineman who plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who he's talking about as far as his quarterback, but I, that, I'm, I'm not calling that guy Josh Allen Josh Allen number two, Josh Allen light, uh, a clone of something that used to be Josh Allen. I don't know, but that's not Josh Allen. <laughs> Any insight from either of you, MJ, uh, on this game? <sighs> Other than you hate the Saints because we know it's going to eventually get there. I'm, it, 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 okay, fine. So it'll eventually get there. Um, <laughs> but, no, I've got, I've got no faith that the Saints – I've got no expectations that the Saints – will beat the Bills. Um, the Aints have been playing horribly lately, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching Buffalo destroy them. Justin? See, I didn't, I didn't say it. I didn't yeah. say it. 
boy, I'm, uh, I don't know what is it is, but, but I'm going to say it. Yeah. I mean, realistically, the, uh, the Saints aren't very good and they're incredibly banged up. And obviously that puts them in a tough position. Um, they signed Taysom Hill to a, you are a lousy quarterback, but we might need you to be one contract, which is amazing. Uh, good work if you can get it, I suppose. Uh, but realistically, yeah. I, I mean, I think that, I think there's a chance that this could be a get right game for Buffalo, right? I know that Rob was talking about how bad they're they're on offense and defense and the line, but I mean, I I'm glad he brought brought up COVID nineteen as their one positive. But realistically, I think that this could be a get right game for Buffalo. I think that similar to what we saw out of the Chiefs earlier this year, this is a good team that's kind of in disarray and just needs to get back on the right footing. I mean, two weeks ago, I think we would be calling for a blowout, and the fact that they had some tough games, uh, including, um, you know, these, uh, this, this past week, mm-hmm. it happens. It's football. Um, I think realistically, uh, they're a much, much better team. I think they're a very good team that, that, you know, facing a team like the saints is going to help. Uh, and in particular, Joshua B Allen needs the, um, needs the reps against this, you know, JV defense in order to figure his stuff out. And I think he will. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know about all that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I mean, this is a team, like you said, two weeks ago was the number one seed in the AFC, and now they're number seven, holding on to the last wild card spot. Oh, by the way, um, in, in case Bills fans want a little bit more tummy aches for Turkey Day, if you lose this game, remember, you still have not yet played the Patriots at all. <laughs> so, you're welcome. The next game on the docket, Sunday, 1 p.m., we have the Pittsburgh Steelers, who fell from 12 to 15 in the power rankings, at the Cincinnati Bengals, who rose from 13 to 12. The Bengals are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, <laughs> luckily, Crazy Jared is not on the podcast. We are all <laughs> picking the Cincinnati Bengals because Jared did pick the Steelers. Uh, does anybody want to play devil's advocate for the Steelers <laughs> before we move on to why the Bengals will win this game? Yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible that Jared sneezed when he hit the button and accidentally put it in the wrong box. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so, look, the the joke we have running, and I'm going to pull the curtain back here a little bit, um, in our Slack group chat, as far as coaches go, there's always some knucklehead in that group who's always calling for the head of Mike Tomlin, to which I always cape up for him and say, why? He's never had a losing season. The worst he can do is eight and eight. And then when this get, this year's schedule came out, of course, we have 17 games, not 16. So surely you can't finish 500, but they tie <laughs> with the Lions. So, yes, now the Steelers can finish eight, eight and one. That would be 500. Um, is, is this the route we really think the Steelers are going? I mean, they have been banged up. They've been missing a couple of players. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster's on IR. It's like Ben Roethlisberger doesn't even trust his wide receivers downfield half the time. And if it's not that he doesn't trust them, then he's holding the ball way too damn long. I mean, his line can only hold up for so much. I mean, in case he forgot, totally different revamped offensive line from last year. I mean, completely five different starters from last season. And yet he's sitting behind these guys like, yeah, they're going to give me five to 10 seconds to throw this football. And he doesn't realize he doesn't have that much time. So, again, I think this is a, a situation much like in with New York Giants. 
is this offensive woes on Ben Roethlisberger or the offensive coordinator? Because last I checked, they did draft this beastly running back, Najee Harris, and he's not toting the rock 20 times a game like I think he should. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of the blame has to go to Ben Roethlisberger. He's playing, frankly, terrible. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that goes a long way. I think that realistically, if the Steelers do have a shot, it's because they're probably going to have Mika Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt back this week. And those are some difference makers on defense. So if you and can, Joe you know, Hayden. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Mika Fitzpatrick and uh, TJ Watt. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so like, you know, if you can mess up the, the young quarterback, get in his head and he throws some picks, I mean, anything could happen. Will it? No, but uh, it's always a possibility. Uh, but re- I mean, I, I just think, I, I, I think there is a good point that the, offensive coordinator is making a mistake by trying to filter the offense through Ben Roethlisberger because at this stage of his career he can't he is at best a game manager and frankly he was never that good at, at that type of stuff so I don't know I, I I still don't really like the Steelers in this one but there's plenty of blame to go around and you know maybe TJ Watt scores a couple of defensive touchdowns and it's close final thoughts MJ <laughs> I will provide – I want to present a counterpoint to you saying Roethlisberger may not trust his receivers. What if his receivers are intentionally not getting open because they don't trust Roethlisberger not to put them in dangerous positions? <laughs> he does like to throw those hospital balls. Insane. Oh, my gosh. Well, it is a young core. I, I think the most experienced receiver is three years, and he's on IR, so – just, yeah, uh, but I can see it. You know, Roethlisberger's just floating it over the middle of the field, and the wide receiver just like, nah, I'm good. No. Yeah, again, yeah. As, I'm, as, I'm making as, a business as, decision as, to save my life. Yeah, I was just about to say, as prime time would say, we're making business decisions here. <laughs> uh, we've already gone over the Steelers again. They expect to have several players back, including T.J. Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick. So they're uh, basically listed as questionable. Fitzpatrick's coming off the COVID list uh, for the Bengals. Uh, wide receivers Alden Tate and Tyler Boyd both show up as questionable, but I mean they have so many other weapons on offense. It probably doesn't matter whether they play or not. Uh, the next game on the docket is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who move up from six to two in our power rankings, visiting the Indianapolis Colts, who move up from seventeen to thirteen on the power rankings. The Buccaneers are three-point favorites. We are all taking the Buccaneers for, I mean, good reason after what we saw on Monday night. Um, let me start by saying I'm very displeased in every team that has fallen to the Indianapolis Colts over the last three plus weeks um, in spectacular fashion. What the hell is wrong with you? I have a draft pick riding on the Colts record. <laughs> you all should be beating the crap out of them, but everyone not named Carson Wentz because I do need him healthy, but I do need the Colts to start losing games. What the crap? I mean, seriously. Think about my draft pick. So now I have to root for Tom freaking Brady. Selfish. Okay. I'm going to rip my mouth Colts. out. MJ, MJ, you go ahead and start. Buccaneers, why? I, I mean, the, 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 the Colts don't have anything. Um, we're, we're, we're looking I mean, at Tom Brady. Who, they have a running back who, who just ran, who just scored five touchdowns, something Al Bundy never did. Okay, but who, <laughs> did, he do, who did he do that against? It was the Bills. <laughs> Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. However, however, um, as much as I don't particularly care for Tom Brady, 
The man knows how to win games. Um, and he just came off of a win against the Giants to stop a three-game to, – to, to prevent what would have been a three-game losing streak. But, again, we know Tom Brady's not going to lose three games in a row. Um, and, yeah, no, they're, they're going to murder the Colts. They're going to murder the Colts. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, honestly, so like I, I picked the Bucks because I think they're the better team between the two. Like even even as the mm-hmm. road team, I think they're a stronger squad. I think uh, some somewhat going under the radar is the return of Sean Murphy Bunting, their cornerback, who is he's a young, fast baller in the defensive backfield. He had a great game last week. He's probably going to be even better this week. Uh, add to an already stout defense. I I really like. Uh, the way the Bucks are constructed. That being so, like that's why I picked them. But that being said, I don't think we're giving the Colts enough credit. They're playing good football. They played good football all year. Honestly, the only embarrassing loss they had was to the Seahawks because anybody should be embarrassed to lose to them. Uh, yeah, putting putting a forty one on on the the Bills. And yes, I know the Bills have had a rough couple of weeks, but I I think we need to give the Colts more credit for that uh, than we are. Uh, and you know, they're only the offensive coaching staff because. Carson Wentz was 11 of 14 in that game. Because you, so you're they, at 44, dude? What, what, you want to shut Come on, come on. There's, dude, hey, look, look, when your running back is gashing them and the defense is getting turnovers and creating short fields, I get it. But I, I put that but, more so, in the coaching staff and the defense so, than Carson Wentz and the offense. But so, so, like, outside of that, really, their only losses have been, like, the Ravens and the Titans, two of the better teams in the league. Uh, and you know, they have played them well. I think they're, they're a good, solid squad. Uh, it, and if it, this is simply a matter of like, I'm not picking them to lose because they're bad. I'm picking them to lose just because I think Tampa Bay is really good, but it would not shock me, especially at home if they came away with the win. And it was like, we're ignoring the fact that Tampa Bay lost two weeks ago to a really, really bad squad in the Washington football team. I know they're playing yeah, a little bit better, but you know, it's the Tampa Bay isn't exactly a juggernaut. So no, I like them. No, they're not. I like them, but it's this is not a th- this is one I had to stop and think about for a minute. All right, uh, injury report for the Buccaneers says Vita Villa, who missed Monday night's game with a knee injury, he's questionable, along with Antonio Brown, who is still questionable because I believe he has a lower leg injury as well. And for the Indianapolis Colts. Quentin Nelson, their all-pro guard, is an ankle injury that he aggravated against the Bills. So uh, he is questionable, too. So some very big names on the injury report going into this matchup. Uh, Next on the radar, we have the Carolina Panthers, who fall from 18 to 22 in our power rankings, visiting the Miami Dolphins, who hold steady at 25 in the rankings. And yet the Panthers are somehow one-and-a-half-point favorites. And while the power rankings are picking the Panthers, our shadowy background figure it's calling for the upset and the Dolphins at home. Jared, do you think Supercam can pull this out? I'm sorry, Justin. Justin, sorry. I saw crazy. <laughs> crazy Jared's picks are really throwing uh, me uh, off here. So I'm saying, uh, apparently, apparently, you thought my cult take was crazy. All right, fine. I'll take it. <laughs> look, <laughs> look our, our, our shadowy figure, who I'm going to call Jared now because his opinion on this is crazy. Uh, yeah, it I, is. I think that that's a terrible thing. I think I'll be honest. The Dolphins stink. Uh, they uh, congrats like for beating the Jets right uh, last week, but I they're not a very good team. I, I don't think uh, Tua Tagovailoa is playing very well, um, and I I think that the the Panthers and this might be like my emotions getting the better of me. 
I don't think there's a team in the league outside of my Seahawks who are terrible, who I want to see go on a tear more than the Panthers right now. I think if the Panthers light up the league for the rest of the season and uh, Cam Newton in particular plays great, that's just a goddamn good story and is going to be fun as hell to watch. True indeed. True indeed. MJ? Uh, I'm going with the Panthers because watching last week's game, um, they should have won. They should have won last week's game. Um, Cam, I think, is still shaking some of the cobwebs loose. He's getting used to being back in Carolina, back to running Carolina's playbook. Honestly, the reason I think they lost to Washington is all because of Ron Rivera and what he knows about Cam and how he was able to construct his plan to stop the Panthers. But he's going up against the Dolphins, who I'm not going to say the Dolphins are – no, 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 I'm not even going to say that. They're, they're going up against the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a team that I don't think can beat Carolina with a healthy Cam Newton. Um, we saw Cam last week, he, he, the, the one touchdown that he ran for, we saw him put up some good numbers passing, especially that one touchdown he threw to McCaffrey where the, the spot he had to put that ball in had to be perfect for McCaffrey to score that touchdown. Um, so again, Cam is shaking off the cobwebs. I think next week he will have a decisive victory over the Dolphins. All right, so Super Cam to the rescue to save the Panther season. We'll see how that goes. Uh, the Dolphins, <laughs> they have Jamal Perry, their cornerback, who they just placed on injury reserve. Uh, Brennan Scarlett, their linebacker, also was placed on injury reserve. And Will Fuller, Coach Flores is unsure whether he'll be designated to return from injury reserve this week, it, so it may be another week before that happens. Same with Devontae Parker. Uh, for the Carolina Panthers, uh, Dennis Daly, their guard is questionable with thigh injury. So keep an eye on that. Offensive line troubles are definitely not a good thing. Uh, the next game on the docket has the Tennessee Titans, who fall from two to six in our power rankings, face off against the New England Patriots, who move up one spot from 10 to nine. And the Patriots are six and a half point favorites. And we do have a couple of notes here from Jordan and Pat, our Titans and Patriots superfans, respectively. And I'll start with Jordan, who says, hard to predict until we know the injury report and inactive. Last week on offense was basically Tannehill with the practice squad, going to be tough to score on New England like that. On the plus side, the underdog has won virtually every Titans game this season, so who the hell knows? For the record, I think the Pats are massively overrated and would not be worried about them whatsoever in the playoffs. <laughs> this is their peak. If we were healthy, we'd roll. Pats 24, Titans 20. And Pat, well, Pat says, boom, the door is officially kicked in, off the hinges, and the Patriots are coming in, <laughs> commanding the room. First place in the AFC East. And I'll say this, while every team in the NFL is struggling to find their identity, the Patriots have known all along, have stuck to their game plan, and continue to improve it week by week by week. Now we're here, mad as hell, and we're not going to take it anymore. Okay, how many rock songs are you going to quote here, Pat? Uh, the right. first game of our gauntlet part of the season versus the number one seed Texas Titans. Uh, well, they don't have to worry about Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, questionable with a rib injury. That leaves Mr. Hannah Tannehill. Welcome to the Terror Dome. Oh, God, Pat, stop. 
<laughs> the Titans have an underrated front four, which I suspect will cause some trouble for the young Mac Jones. Uh, by the way, before I continue, Mac Jones doesn't like pie of any kind, and yet he, he plays for the Patriots. If you don't see the irony there, I, I get glasses. Uh, he tends to get very antsy in pressure situations, or even better, he tends to try and throw the ball quickly when he's been knocked at, knocked around early. So I suspect this will throw the run game into a bit of chaos, not to mention that former Patriots defensive guys seem to do quite well versus the Patriots. Rabel doesn't count as being a Belichick disciple, but he should, and he tends to have our number. For fantasy, too bad the Titans waived Adrian Peterson because I would have guessed this is his game. I suppose that's Dante Foreman's gig now. He's going to get a bunch of garbage yards that won't amount to much other than keeping the game close and low scoring. On the Patriots' side, only Nick Folk should be considered. If you're betting, take the under. <laughs> uh, the line is 45 and a half of total points. Patriots win a close one thanks to Nick Folk field goals, 19 to 17. Um, yeah, I can't call this game because, again, the Titans are still currently the one seed. They just lost to the Texans in their own division. They also have an inexplicable loss to the Jets, which I'm never going to let them forget. And here we have the Patriots streaking out of nowhere to take over the AFC East. Um, MJ, how do, you, how do you see this? Because, I mean, you, you've picked the Patriots, so. I, I, I did. I picked the Patriots. Um Getting to see an entire game um, of the Patriots and the Falcons a week ago. The Patriots. I mean, wait, the Falcons played a week ago? I thought they were off. (laughs) Shut up, James. Shut up, up, James. Shut up. Um, I really don't like you right now. Um, The Patriots have a good system that Mac Jones has been plugged into. They're not asking him to carry the weight of the team on their shoulders. They're just asking him to run a good offense that has an excellent head coach. That being said, Tennessee Titans are eight and three. Looking at, you know, who they beat this season, they are looking pretty good. However, I don't know how well Tannehill will go up against uh, Belichick and the Patriots' defense. Because, again, one thing we know that Belichick is good at, he takes away your one weapon, he takes away your best weapon, and he he makes you beat him with what you have left. left. Well, their best weapons are hurt, so what's he got left to take away? (laughs) And that's exactly where I was about to go. So that's why I don't see Tannehill having – enough depth on the Titans to beat the Patriots. Justin, anything to add? Yeah, because I'm picking the Titans in this game. Um, and frankly, this this one baffles me. Like, th- we have the spread down here as minus six and a half, which to me yeah. is simply psychotic. Uh, that that's, <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Uh, and I watched the uh, Falcons play last week. Uh so wow! I what, wait again. The Falcons played last week. What are you talking about, James? I hate. Yeah, I don't know what they played. Uh, they played something. Uh, <laughs> wait, James, who's your favorite coach? I don't care if you mention Chip Kelly anymore. 
It's, it's been a long time. Uh, <laughs> Chip Kelly isn't escaping the uh, cement galoshes James put him in when he threw him in the river. Um, look, the the Titans are a very, very good football team. And they, they have this weird thing where they have a couple of inexplicable losses um, against uh, uh, some not very good teams. But other than that, they've handled business pretty consistently across the board. Uh, and I think in particular we're sort of underrating that their defense has played some really good football this year. Uh, you know, they held the, the chiefs to three points, not that long ago. Uh, and so I, I think we need to give them some, some credit for, for where they're at. Yes. They don't have Derek Henry. And obviously that's a huge loss because like, he's huge. Uh, and he's a great football player, but like uh, Ryan Tannehill has been playing very good football for several years now. He's not getting the credit he's due. I think that uh, they can construct a running game out of spare parts. That's at least somewhat effective. Uh, so I, I like their chances in this game quite a bit. I think Mac Jones is frankly not prepared for a good defense, something he hasn't faced, I don't know, this season probably, uh, at least not since they played the Buccaneers where they lost. And a similar score to that wouldn't surprise me, like 1917. I completely agree with uh, the part where uh, Pat said this was going to be a low-scoring game. Um I also agree with the part where he said that they have an identity. Their identity is still a like 1950s Batman villain, which is just like overtly like I'm cheating in it. And that's just who I am because that's the Patriots. Uh, but realistically, I, I like the Titans here uh, and I'm baffled at the line and I'm baffled that more people aren't taking them. All right. Uh, Titans are getting Chris Jackson, uh cornerback back uh, as he's been designated to uh, sorry, they're losing Chris Jackson. He was placed on injury reserve. Uh, the fullback, Kyrie Blasting game, has been designated to return from injury reserve. Again, A.J. Brown is questionable, most likely won't play. Uh, the linebacker, Joe Jones, was placed on their COVID reserve list. So they, they have injuries all over the place. Jeremy McNichols, Janoris Jenkins, Rashawn Evans, Jeff Swain. Greg Maven, so both sides of the ball are just riddled with injuries. For the Patriots, this is shocking because they're actually players listed as out and injured reserve, not just questionable. And the two names who are out this week are safety Joshua Bledsoe and linebacker Cameron McGrone. So I, I, I'm just shocked that the Patriots actually put out a definitive injury report for the first time all season. This will probably change come Friday. <laughs> That's suspicious. That, indeed. The next game on the docket is the Philadelphia Eagles visiting the New York Giants. The Eagles move up from 23 to 16 in the power rankings. The Giants moved up from 28 to 27 in the rankings. My Eagles are three and a half point favorites. And um, before I get to my rant about my Eagles, I'll start with Crazy Jared, who sends us this. Prior to the Jason news, I would say this is an easy Eagles win. However, if they actually let DJ throw deep, and use playmakers like Tony, like they should have done all year, then they can finally put up some points. Injury news continues to impact the Giants every single week. It is unrelenting. Hopefully this is the first week they can escape with no injuries. Eagles should still score quite a lot of points, and the Giants will score in the 20s, but it won't be enough to overcome the Eagles' QB run game, Eagles 32, Giants 22. And um, Jared, I don't think buttering me up is any way to try to get my good graces to say something nice about my squad. I am happy that they've won three of the last four. That's the end of my praise. 
I am pissed off with how this offense and defense is being run at times because what the holy hell. There's no reason the Saints should have got back into that game on Sunday. I question what the defensive coordinator is calling half the time. Okay, you're finally blitzing the opposition. Congratulations. All right, we're getting off the field on third downs. But when we go up 17-7, I need you to continue blitzing the opposition on third down and not letting them back into the game. There's no reason that the final score should have been 40-29. to it really shouldn't have. There's no way they should have scored 29 points. Those last three touchdowns were not fundamental breaks in the defense. We were playing zone with no pass rush and no blitz whatsoever. Blitz the quarterback, especially when it's Trevor freaking Simeon of all people. Okay. Offensively, Miles Sanders, stop fumbling the, the damn football. What is wrong with you? You're the lead back for a reason. You tote the rock. You are an upgrade over both Boston Scott and Jordan Howard. Please take care of the football. You will get your 100-yard game, and you will probably break one from beyond 20 yards out and score a touchdown because apparently inside the goal line, they're not giving you the rock for whatever reason. I'm glad that Philip Gainwell has been sent to the bench. I hope he stays there for the rest of the season. And, yes, I do think the Eagles can win this game, but competency on the coaching staff will decide how this game turns out. So while I'm not overly optimistic, I am very cautious in how this game plays out. So as long as the defense keeps blitzing Daniel Jones in critical situations and doesn't let up, we should befuddle the offense. My real concern is not Daniel Jones, it's Saquon Barkley, because we've never done a good job against him. So maybe the defensive coordinator puts eight in the box and stop going too high safety because it hasn't been working so far this year. Rant over. Justin, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's going to end in a two, two tie. <laughs> MJ. <laughs> no, hold on. Hold on. I'm kidding. Look, uh, I mean, I, uh, I don't think the Eagles are a great football team, but I think they're, they're a scrappy team, right? If you if you look at the games they played this year, they have like maybe one bad loss in there, but you, you know they're one? they're in. I mean, in terms of like a bad loss, like of losing to a We're bad five team. and six. I can I can pull five bad losses off the schedule at the top of my head. You just see one. Well, yeah, you're you're a super fan. Every loss is a bad loss. But as as somebody who is not biased, I look at at it, and you know, like they're you know they they haven't really been blown out. Um, and other than like that one game against the Cowboys, uh, and like they haven't really lost to what I would call bad teams. So I would say they've avoided bad losses. Even when the Eagles lost to the Raiders, that was when the Raiders were still like good. They were good for a lot of this year before they lost Gruden and they kind of tanked. So they're, they're a scrappy solid team, which is definitively better than whatever this shit show is that the Giants have become. Uh, and it's tragic. The only thing they have going for them is that they fired Jason Garrett, which is probably worth an extra touchdown per game. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, man, the giants, the giants stink. <laughs> uh, thanks. Um, again, division game. I don't care how bad they are. I, I, I've seen them stink and still whoop our butts. MJ, a fair point. you know, division games are like that. <laughs> the, the, the one thing I'll add, cause I'm, I'm actually on board with everything both of you have said. The one thing that I'll add where I think the Giants will be scrambling is do we know who their play caller is going to be? Freddie Kitchens, the tight end coach. 
Um, Former head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Oh, so that's not good. <laughs> so again, I think there will be some issues. Again, don't get me wrong. I'm, 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 I'm right there with Justin as well. The Eagles are definitely a scrappy team. They're a solid team. When I look at the when I look at who you guys have beaten and who you've lost to, I, I, I still see a solid team. Um, I don't see a solid team when I look at the Giants. And again, with them having this issue going on with the play call with the play caller, and then there's this whole um, this this void that is being filled by the tight end coach, who you just said is the former Cleveland Browns head coach. I don't know how much faith I have that that allows the Giants to be competitive this week. So, yeah, I'm going with the Eagles. Uh, the Giants' injury report looks the same as it's been the last couple of weeks. Sterling Shepard, Caden Smith, Nate Ebner, uh, Kyle Rudolph, <laughs> Lorenzen Carter. So the usual names. Uh, Logan Ryan is uh, has an illness, so we'll see how that turns out for the rest of the week. Uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, Damian Taylor, our up-and-coming best linebacker that we've had play so far, especially over the last five weeks of the season. He's likely headed to injury reserve with a knee injury. He he is out. Jordan Howard is going to be doubtful for this game. He hurt his knee last week. Darius Slay is in concussion protocol, so we'll keep an eye on that to the end of the week to see how that plays out. And Sean Bradley is questionable with a shoulder. Again, defensive coordinator, blitz. Don't be scared. Just do it. <laughs> Next game on the docket, the Atlanta Falcons visit the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Falcons fall in our rankings from 26 to 28. Jacksonville Jaguars fall from 30 to 31st. The spread says pick them. And I'm sorry, MJ, as, as much as I, I, I want to pick the Falcons in this one, I'm going with the you Jaguars. Don't, you, don't want to pick, your... you don't want to pick the Falcons. You don't want to pick the Falcons. Don't say that. <laughs> but 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 the Falcons are your team, so so go go ahead. Your your team's going to win this game. Why? Um, when I look at the 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 beating we took last week, um, again, you all played last week. You know what, James? Just shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut up. Um, yes, we played last week. Um. Well, as which meeting was it? Last we, week or as, the one before? And you know what? That wasn't even called for. Let's not. We don't. Why are we bringing up old stuff? Why are we bringing up old stuff? <laughs> don't we, that's, that's unnecessary. Um, as bad as we are at four and six, um, I still think we're better than a two and eight Jacksonville Jaguars with their clown of a head coach. Um, the product that they're putting out there isn't very good. However, however, again, with the beating we took last week, the fact that every single quarterback on our roster, oh, and that was embarrassing to watch, that every single quarterback on our roster threw an interception. When you look at the fact that Kyle, that Kyle Pitts had, I think, three receptions, um, last week was just a bad game. Um, but one thing that we've done a okay job of is bouncing back up for last week is bouncing back after a bad loss. Um, 
I, I, I think next week, or not next week, I think this weekend we go into a game um, trying to be respectable. Um, I know at the beginning of this season I, I, I was very confident in my Falcons being a wild card seed. Um, I don't know how I feel about that at the moment, considering the injuries that we've had, considering players that are out. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see Ryan and the offense going down to Jacksonville and letting, um, oh crap, what's his name again? Who, who's your favorite player in Jacksonville, James? Josh Allen, the the, the yes, only Josh you. Allen yes. in the league. Yes, thank you, Josh Allen. Um, I, I see Josh Allen potentially being problematic for the offensive line, but I don't see us making the same mistakes two weeks in a row. I just don't. Hey, I, I, I just hope Matt Ryan is not wearing a coat that's called Josh Allen. He won't be. He won't be. He may be wearing I mean, a coat with Buffalo's somebody court. else's name on it, but, you know. It's, it's, it's not, <laughs> uh, and, I, and, and also, I, I, the, the yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Justin, go ahead. Man, dude. Okay, so the line says pick them. I'd just rather not. Just no, I'm good. Pass. You sure? <laughs> you, you, you don't want any parts of this at all? Yeah, oh, man. These teams are both so bad, so bad. It's it's embarrassing. Like, okay, look, I I get that the Jaguars are bad. They had the number one pick for a reason, right? And of course, you don't expect them to turn mm-hmm. around this year, but they still stink. And Trevor Lawrence stinks too, right? Look, this okay, this but they're starting mean... to be competitive. They, they've been competitive the last couple of weeks. Congrats I mean, yeah, on they competitive. Both how lost. You, yeah, how, what, what what do those count for? Look, I, yeah, I, I yeah. know. Well, oh yeah, well, okay. They they were competitive when they lost thirty to ten to the 49ers. Wow, nice <laughs> nice work, Jaguars. Okay, look, m- minus the Niners game, but up until oh, okay, that point. They okay, were, yeah, my, minus like, what just occurred. Look, thirty-one to seven to the Seahawks. That most embarrassing loss any team has had this year. Look, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is bad. He is just bad and you know this isn't 1998 this isn't where like a dude needs to sit like okay exactly the point i was getting to thank you this this is not 1998 where a dude needs to sit for like four years so he can learn how to hand off 80 percent of the time in today's nfl players come out of college especially if they're really good and they're effective immediately maybe they're not lighting up the league but they're effective they can do something trevor lawrence can't do jack he is terrible and it and it is, it's, it's sad what it is, is because I look at the, this team and, you know, I, I'm not, I fall an NFC team, so I don't particularly root for any AFC teams, but I always tend to root for like the, the underdogs and the losers. And my God, are these guys losers? And they draft Trevor Lawrence. And I'm like, well, I guess you're going to be losers for the next five years. Enjoy your next. Look, he, he's going to get Josh Rosen. <laughs> oh. he play better. That, that's how bad he is. But on the flip side and MJ, I apologize in advance. Uh, I talked about, James, how your team didn't have any bad losses. Man, every single Falcons game is a bad loss. It's pathetic. 43-3 uh, to from the Cowboys. Barely squeaked by the Saints. Blanked by the Patriots. Beaten by the Panthers bef- like back in the like Mr. Mono days, back before they had Cam Newton back. Uh, barely squeaked by the Dolphins. Got beat by Washington. Barely squeaked by the Giants. Got crushed by the Buccaneers. Got crushed by the Eagles. Man, this team is just terrible. Frankly, I don't know which team is worse this year or next year. 
So yeah, the thing says pick him. Nah, I'm good. We're better than two and eight. <laughs> yes, we're Four better than better two than two and eight. eight. Right. <laughs> but for but now, the last two weeks, the last two weeks give me no hope. <laughs> And, and as a Falcon fan, I, I, I pray for you. I, I, I think the I'm only a, fan base I worry about more than Falcon fans because of all the stress I've seen you go through over the last five-plus years is Lion fans. Oh, see, I don't, I don't worry about Lions fans because you and I have had the conversation about, Lion, about Detroit fans, Detroit being a true sports town, and Lion fans being true fans. They will yeah, I don't worry about fine. them because they're experienced losers. It's all they've ever known. So it, this is hope for them. <laughs> oh man! But, but Justin, report. But yeah, Falcons at least won some games once. Justin, yeah. I want to throw this out there at you. You're talking about Trevor Lawrence. Is it that Trevor Lawrence is that bad, or is it that he's got that bad of a head coach? I mean, why not both? Look, look. Both can be true. Look. And I know I'm going to the opposite end end of the spectrum, but like, do you remember when Peyton Manning went to Denver uh, and basically turned their offensive coordinator into like the must-have head coach for like five terrible teams going forward? Because a good quarterback really doesn't. It really he'll make anything work, no matter how bad your like OC is. Yeah, but how long had he been in the league when he made that transition? That's I don't know that that's a fair comparison. Okay, okay counterpoint uh he could throw the ball at most about 10 yards down the field and couldn't feel his fingertips come on that is true <laughs> peyton manning was okay. pretty much done uh, okay <laughs> frankenstein out there and i love peyton manning but like he, he was a frankenstein yeah okay yeah and listeners uh, don't write in you because there aren't listeners anyway you don't write in anyway but don't write in and, and tell me that frankenstein was the doctor i'm calling him a frankenstein it's like calling a big blimp a zeppelin he's he's a frankenstein <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! No no! Let them write. Let them write in and tell us. Let let them write in. I I, I want to see. Come on, write in. Go ahead. Oh my gosh! The Falcons injury report has cornerback Kendall Sheffield running, utility player Cordero Patterson and safety Jalen Hawkins. All this is questionable. Uh, the Jaguars show the Tyson one good Campbell, player. <laughs> Tyson hey, Campbell. Hey, hey now. <laughs> Dakota Allen as questionable. Uh, Jamal Agnew is expected to miss the rest of the season with a hip injury. He's been placed on injury reserve. And Jay Tefeli is being uh, designated to return from injury reserve. So some help for the defensive line. Yay? Maybe? Okay, maybe not. Uh, the next game, oh my gosh, this is a dog of a game this week. The New York Jets visit the Houston Texans. The Jets fall from 29 to 30. The Texans move up from 31 to 29. And the Texans are three-point favorites. The power rankings are choosing the Texans. Our shadowy figure is locking in the Texans, as will I, because, again, I, I said weeks ago that when he went down, I would never pick the Texans to win another game until Tyrod comes back. Tyrod returned very big last week. I'm picking them again this week, and so is everyone else here. Justin, analysis or just Tyrod? Yeah, I mean, Tyrod is a, you know, he's I I think he's a, serviceable mid-tier quarterback which makes him a thousand times better than anything the Jets can field so give me the Texans easy <laughs> MJ anything to add because analysis Tyrod 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 just, just, just Tyrod yeah Tyrod um, 
Um, what do we make of the quarterback situation going on with New York? I mean, they made a trade with my Eagles a few weeks ago to reacquire Joe Flacco, and now he's on the COVID <laughs> list. Uh, right? My goodness. You, you talk about a squad uh, who uh, just can't do anything right. You not, not only do you, White. Not only do you trade for a guy who is terrible and has not been a good quarterback for, I don't know, half of a, a decade. decade. Uh, you, uh, you lose him immediately, uh, to, to COVID-19, uh, like when, when you're so desperate for quarterbacks, you give something up to get Joe Flacco and you can't even get him. That is a black hole. Like they're, they're going to like hold up a sign at LaGuardia and just start grabbing <laughs> the airport. To quarterback. You know, Justin, as I sit here looking at the Jets depth chart, um depth chart is uh awfully aspirational for what they have (laughs) (laughs) you've got two quarterbacks who are out and a third who's questionable now here's the question i'll throw out in the unlikely event that zach wilson can't play josh johnson okay yeah if if zach wilson can't play i think they're going to suit up his mom (laughs) oh wow uh, jokes aside, no, it, it will be Josh Johnson who um, quarterbacked them with a Thursday night game when uh, they yanked Mike White, who almost pulled up this miraculous comeback against the Colts in that game. So, uh, yeah, um, it, it'll be Johnson as a starting quarterback if Zach Wilson can't go, uh, though he has been fully cleared by the medical staff to return to action. I'm not expecting much from Zach Wilson because, I mean, as – as Justin said earlier, the rookie quarterbacks drafted in the first round, especially top five, are expected to produce and contribute. And much like you said about Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson hasn't really contributed anything. Okay, yeah, they beat the Titans, but that really wasn't on Zach Wilson. That was everybody else around him. Zach Wilson stinks. But, James, I'll throw this out there about rookie quarterbacks this year, and I'm sure you already know this. Justin, you probably know it as well. What? Who's the one quarterback that has more wins than all the other rookie quarterbacks combined? I'm not saying his name. I, I refuse to say looking, his name. It's not looking good this year for rookie quarterbacks. It's just not. Uh, uh, first of all, that, that, that person is un-American. How do you not like pie of any kind? <laughs> uh-huh. He is persona non grata number two on this show. We'll get to the other one very shortly. Um, I'm just saying, anything with a rookie quarterback this year, it may be a wrap for you. The Houston Texans have Craven LeBron, uh, Jonathan Greenert, and Jordan Jenkins on their injury report. Jenkins is listed as doubtful as he tore his posterior cruciate ligament in his left knee. So uh, he's going to miss three weeks. Yeah, that that that's not good. I mean, at least the PCO you can come back. ACL and MCO is pretty much your season. Uh, for the New York Jets again, Man, I'm, I'm a doctor, White, but I don't want to tear anything that says posterior in it. <laughs> Mike White and Joe Flacco, as mentioned earlier, on the reserve COVID list, so they are both out uh, for this week. Zach Wilson is questionable. Makai Becton uh, has not been designated to return just yet from injury reserve, and Michael Carter, the rookie running back, is out he will miss a couple of weeks and is in danger of actually landing on injury reserve uh with his ankle sprain cj mosley is questionable uh, the next game on the docket 
big tilt the AFC West starting at 405. The LA Chargers travel to the Denver Broncos. The Chargers hold at 11 in the power rankings. The Denver Broncos fall from 19 to 21. Uh, the power rankings are picking the, the Chargers. Uh, they are two and a half point favorites. MJ, you're going with the Broncos. Teddy, two gloves. MJ? Sorry, sorry. I, I was muted because I had to cough. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going with, with, with the Broncos. Um, when I look at the Broncos versus the Chargers, and I look at the quarterbacks, um, we've got Justin Hubert, Herbert, who I do like. I do like Herbert. Um, but I like Teddy Bridgewater a little bit better. Um, he's not the greatest quarterback. In, I mean, they didn't do all that well last week against the Eagles. Still a little uh, concerned about that one. Um, but I'm, le- I'm leaning on Bridgewater and the Broncos. Justin? Yeah, honestly, with these two, you have the L.A. Chargers, who I think are definitively and clearly a much better squad than the Denver Broncos. And I like Justin Herbert quite a bit. I think he is an example of a young quarterback who did produce coming out of college right away and now should grow into, I think, an effective quarterback, uh, unlike uh, quite a few people we talked about. Um, and so yeah. for that reason, because they're a better squad, because they're playing uh, pretty well right now, I think they will definitely lose this game. Because they're the Chargers, and that's exactly what happens as soon as they get a little, a little something going. So, so, uh, so the, the the epic Sunday night matchup that was back and forth in the fourth quarter. Because what was it? Something like forty plus points scored in the fourth quarter alone in that game. You, mm-hmm. you, then they, they come off that high and lay an egg to the Broncos. Oh, absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, the game is in Denver, so I mean, home yeah, field well, advantage. And, and, yeah, obviously, the in division thing applies. The home, you know, on the road in the division, you have to factor those things in. But more than that. It's because they're the stinking Chargers, and that's what's going to happen. I, I'm setting the over and under at three and a half ACLs for the Chargers. ACLs? Oh my god! Yeah, man, <laughs> you, it's the Chargers, bro. You, you, they, you, they do not get through a season without at least twelve people on IR for ACLs, and they're a little behind schedule. So that's the over under is three and a half ACLs this game. Ouch! That's what they're going to say. <laughs> Look, I, I think the Broncos bounced back this week. Um, they were on the bye last week. Yes, the last game was the loss to Philly. Um, granted, that, and that was in Denver. So, I, I, I look, may, maybe they got a little too happy after the way they bludgeoned the Dallas Cowboys after having traded Von Miller. So, I, I think on offense, they probably need to stick with the run a little bit more and get more out of it. So, that means Melvin Gordon, uh, the running back, needs to do better than what he's you know, been doing and, you know, mixing probably some more play action. And look, I love Teddy Bridgewater. I'm happy that he has a, a starting job. Um, there's no question it's his, his gig, but I feel like this offense is not expanded fully around his skill set because his second year in Minnesota, when he took them to the playoffs, you got to see just the tip of the iceberg of what he can do. That offense really started to open up and now, and, and I get it, his knee injury and, you know, him, whether you want to say he's fully back from that knee injury or not, because it, it was a gruesome non-contact injury in practice they took. Um, and yeah, it took him several years to bounce back. But I look at what he did in New Orleans. Um, the one season that they allowed him to play last year in Carolina really didn't help him much because everything was within, within five yards. I don't know why the coaching staff didn't trust him to throw the ball downfield. 
and he's been allowed to do that this season, but just not at a high enough rate. And he's got a much better receiving core in Denver than he had last season in Carolina. So I'm just waiting for this offense to completely open up. Um, I'm going to ride with Denver just because they're at home. I, Justin, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> Maybe the high from the Steelers win does, you know, make them a little bit overconfident, but we'll see. Uh, the Chargers injury report has safety Mark Webb and safety uh, Lohi Gilman. Uh, Limbo Joseph is going to be, miss the game because he has been placed on the reserve COVID list. For the Denver Broncos, uh, Michael Oyamita, uh, he has been designated to return from injury reserve. That's a cornerback, Bradley Chubb also officially designated to return from injury reserve. So that's some help for their defense. Kareem Jackson is questionable with the shoulder injury. The next game on the docket, 425, the LA Rams were seventh in our power rankings. They moved up to five. I don't understand how they moved up, but sure. Um, We'll travel to Green Bay to take on Karen Rodgers and the Packers. Yes, I said Karen Rodgers. I told you I would be designating him that name for the rest of the season who fall from one to three. The Packers are one-point favorites. We're pretty much all over the board here. Of course, the power rankings take the Packers. Um, and our Packers fan does send us in a little something before I get to you two. Uh, the Packers lost a tough one to Minnesota last week, but have a chance to get back on track against one of the teams that's shaping up to be a major contender for playoff seeding in the Rams. An offensive starting to get worried. Having lost our stud offensive lineman, Egton Jenkins, to a torn ACL, we're now down three of our preferred starting linemen, uh, Bach, Jenkins, and center Josh Myers, and we're going up against a stacked pass rush in L.A. Oh, by the way, Rodgers has a bum toe, which he described as worse than turf toe, eesh. I think we're going to need to commit more of any more to the rhythm of passing game than vertical attack we've been using with mostly mixed results. It would also help to commit to running the ball a bit more than what we've seen. Still, we're at least a week or two away from Aaron Jones coming back, so we're missing some real juice there as well. A.J. Dillon is a good enough back to sustain the offense, but don't expect many home runs. One good side, wide receiver group showed some signs of life last week. Devontae did his thing, but Montez Valdez-Scandling and Equinemus St. Brown also flashed a bit. On defense, we have been playing very well, but the secondary got burnt to a crisp last week against a good Vikings receiving group. It looked to me like our zone coverage suffered from some lapses and bad decisions. Uh, the pass rush was surprisingly fine without Rashawn Gary, who had been leading the league in pressures up until last week. Kenny Clark was a freaking monster and will likely need to sustain a pretty high level of play until we can get some reinforcements back at edge. Our special teams unit in general and our field goal unit specifically has been very, very bad. I think turnover at both snapper and holder this year are messing with Crosby's head. Still believe in the guy, but it's been an adventure almost all year. At least it's at Lambeau where we're undefeated under MLF, picking Green Bay by a hair, Packers 24, Rams 23. Uh, Justin, anything to add or dispute about that? Yeah, I mean <laughs> – the, the the power rankings baffle me. Um, I, I it's absurd. don't they always? <laughs> well, uh, uh, lots of reasons, but like it, the Rams aren't very good. I'm sorry, they're not. They haven't been playing very good football. Um, uh, Matthew Stafford is kind of cratering. Um, and you know, people have I think very largely figured uh, uh, Sean McVay out. I mean, the Rams 
have now lost two consecutive games, including a loss to the 49ers, who also stink. And they went up in the power rankings. They're like number five. It's 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 ridiculous. Uh, there there must be like a bug in the spreadsheet because I I have to believe our super fans are are not that. Uh, well, there's crazy Jared, but uh, the, the rest of our super fans wouldn't, wouldn't go. <laughs> they, but, uh, they did have a buy this week after that Monday night debacle. Wouldn't wouldn't get that crazy. Um, Green Bay, I think, is a good football team, and they're. You know they're going to get better as they get some really good injured defensive players back. I don't think people in it, who watch football realize how amazingly good Kenny Clark is. Kenny Clark is a game wrecker. He is mm-hmm. a big, strong, powerful defensive tackle who destroy destroys the running game. But man, he can get after the quarterback too. Like you get that inside pass rush going. He's he's a, a complete player, and uh, he's going to be a huge problem for the Rams to deal with. Uh, and you know, Stafford doesn't play great against Green Bay, uh, as, as has, has been mentioned. Um, you know, the the only thing that Green Bay, I think, really needs to worry about is that uh, Rodgers has that toe injury. But I'm pretty sure uh, team doctor Joe Rogan has cleared him. So they'll be fine. <laughs> uh, first of all, uh, let me correct you. His name is Karen Rogers. I just said Rogers. Hey, just just, just rub just, some just, horse paste on it. You'll be fine. <laughs> MJ, anything to add? Um, Matthew Stafford is starting to Matthew Stafford. Um, mm-hmm. There's a reason he's been in the league for as long as he has, and he's never won a playoff game. Um, even though the Rams are sitting at seven and three, again, as Justin said, he's starting the crater. He's starting. Matthew Stafford is starting to Matthew Stafford. Um, I mean, he's starting to look like the quarterback he was in Detroit all those years. So, I mean, I don't understand why everybody. That's what we said. Greater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and even when he was in Detroit, he had some really good seasons that never ended up in a playoff victory. So, yeah, he, he's, 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 he's going back to the old quarterback that we've always known him to be. And look, for anyone concerned that the Rams' defense will play, you know, great against Rodgers, uh, two things. One, this game is in Lambeau. And two, the last time the Rams went up to Lambeau, it was in the playoffs. And um, everyone's favorite defensive lineman who can't do anything against the run game never got within three yards of touching Rodgers that day. So I really don't care who is blocking up front. They do their job well enough to where Rodgers either gets rid of the ball or he throws it away. Like, the guy has never really got a solid hit on Rodgers that I can recall in any of their matchups, especially at Lambeau. So hype him as you want as a generational talent that he is. Best offensive lineman Mm, I mean, defensive lineman, excuse me, I wouldn't go that far. Look, he's, he's a phenomenal talent, but I always harp against the fact that he disappears in a run game. So, yeah, A.J. Dillon, this is a game that can make him. Now, Von Miller, on the other hand, what he brings to the table is something totally different. So we'll see how this unit, you know, with the week off to acclimate him to the defense and, and what they can do. But I think their issues pretty much are going to fall on the back end because, Look, there's uh, there's only one star corner in the secondary for the Rams, and um, he can't cover three receivers at once. So, uh, the Rams injury report has Leonard Floyd, who is uh, in concussion protocol but should be available to play. 
Uh, Robert Woods is out. Uh, unsure why, but that should probably change uh, coming up this week. Uh, the Packers, again, Bakhtiari is doubtful. Um, again, he had his knee scoped, so uh, keep an eye on that. He most likely will not play, so he, definitely this week. We don't know about the subsequent weeks. Malik Taylor, Alan Lazard, wide receiver, show up as questionable, and Aaron Jones is questionable as well with uh, Rashawn Gary, but they should all be ready to play come Sunday. The Minnesota Vikings uh, move up in our rankings from 20 to 17, having said beaten the Green Bay Packers this past week. The San Francisco 49ers also move up one spot from 21 to 20. And the Niners are three-point favorites at home against the Vikings. This can't be this, – this is right? With Garoppolo? MJ, your thoughts? Um, I'm rolling with Minnesota on this one. And, yes, James, I know how you feel about Kirk Cousins. However, uh, looking at last week's game of Minnesota against Green Bay, um, they actually looked pretty good last week. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say they look great, but they looked pretty good. Um, and then I look at last week of the 49ers beating the Jaguars. That doesn't really say very much. That's like beating the Falcons. That doesn't mean that you're good. That just means you're better than a bad team. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, no. And, and uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins ah. versus I did, who versus Garoppolo? Exactly. That's my point. And Cousins, mm. like, look, that win was more so. I mean, their QBRs from last week are not that drastically different. And uh-huh. again, uh-huh. one played against a good team, the other played against a really bad team. So uh, oh, again, I maintain that was more so in his receiving core than him. And yes, I did cry twice because every time I see Justin Jefferson score a touchdown, a little part of me dies because I, I hear you. we have Jalen Rager. You. I mean, plus you got to factor in Dalvin Cook. I, I mean, obviously Dalvin Cook. I mean, that's how they get the play action going. That's why our receivers was right. like screaming wide open. Right. So again, that's why I'm 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 leaning on Minnesota with this one. Uh, Justin. Yeah, I'm taking Minnesota, and I don't understand why it's not unanimous. This is absurd to me. Uh, Jimmy Grappolo is terrible. Um, yeah. Is interesting. I'd like to see more of him, but uh, Minnesota has played solid football all season. Uh, they're they're five and five. They're they're a mid-table team, but sort of like some teams I mentioned earlier, you know, it, they've been hard-fought uh, wins and losses. They had a hard-fought win against Green Bay last week. Kirk Cousins is playing very good football this year. This is one of the better seasons of his career. Uh, is with like a 22 to two touchdown to interception radio ratio. He threw three more touchdowns last week. He's playing good mistake free football. If that's all you get out of him, you're going to win some football games and you're in particular going to win football games against teams that suck like the 49ers. Oh, man. You you, you guys are hurting my feelings right now. Again, Justin, the only reason it's not unanimous is because it's Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and and like honestly, like if you could like replace his picture with a creative player from Madden and just look at the stat line (laughs) and you'll be like, oh, man, this guy's solid. Yeah, I'll take the Vikings. Oh, man. Look, all I know is the Niners bludgeon the Rams. They 
beat the snot out of the Jaguars, which we said was not a good team. But, look, again, they bludgeoned the Rams on Monday night at home in Frisco. The the difference I see here is not so much like which quarterback do I trust. It's which defense I believe in. And, honestly, I believe in a Niners defense because this Vikings D that was supposed to come around this season after, like, so many players were cut last year, I'm not seeing it. Yes, you think it was you, you, it was Karen Rodgers, and they gave up 31 points. But still, <laughs> this defense is not playing well. Which you, is why you think they're the Niners' defense is going to shut down Calvin Cook? I think they slow down Calvin Cook, and if they can make Kirk Cousins one dimensional, they have a shot. Uh, but not yeah, shut him down. Give me the Vikings. No, definitely not shut him down. No. No, not not shut him down. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm uh, I'm still going with the Vikings. I'm sorry. Let, let, let's put it I know way. how you feel, but the, just just no. The, the Niners can injury report the run game. Injury report. Both running backs for the Niners, Elijah Mitchell and Jermichael Hasty, show up as questionable. They should be good to go. Defensive tackle Maurice Hurst is also listed on the injury report, and Dalvin Tomlinson is out for the Vikings. He has been placed on the reserve COVID list. Along with uh, Wyatt Davis, he's questionable for those only two names there. The next game on the docket, Sunday Night Football, has the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. The Browns move up from 16 to 14. The Ravens move up from 8 to 7. The Ravens are four-point favorites. And we assume Lamar Jackson will be back from illness this week because we're all taking the Ravens. Uh, Justin, I'll start with you on this one. Um do we see yeah, anything I mean, like we saw last year Monday night? Uh, I mean, it's a division game, right? So you never know. Uh, there's always a significant amount of uncertainty, as as we've mentioned before. Uh, Cleveland is a weird team because, like, you know, I'm not sure if you've seen the meme of the graphic. There's, like, the cycle of, like, uh, they lose bad, and then uh, they say everybody's against us, then, they, then they're the underdog, and then they win, and then everybody jumps on their bandwagon, and then they lose, and the cycle just repeats itself. So it kind of depends mm-hmm. on where we are in that cycle. Honestly, I mean, well, I like 13 kill like, over Detroit is not very convincing. No, yeah, exactly. So, you know, maybe they're still in the upswing of the cycle. Um, the the truth of the matter is, like, I like the Browns. I think they're a really fun team to watch. I think Baker Mayfield is not a great quarterback, but I think he's solid and I think he's a fun guy to watch. Uh, but I mean, the Ravens might be the best coach team in the NFL. Um, and even though, you know, they started the season being decimated by injuries. Uh, they've continued to play good football all season. You know, they, they lost a, a bad one to the Dolphins randomly. But outside of that, uh, their only um, other loss that I think really stings is being blown out by a division foe. They're a really good squad, and I trust them, and I just don't trust the Browns. Yeah, but see, my concern here is that everything is on Lamar Jackson because the receiving court, tight ends notwithstanding, the actual receiving court, they're either getting wide open or beating their men on goal routes, and they're dropping passes still. That scares me. Okay, I mean, um, oh, oh no, everything is on the the MVP from two years ago. Okay, fine. <laughs> MJ, anything bad? Um, Baker Mayfield had a QBR last week of eight point. Yeah, it definitely wasn't good. <laughs> One touchdown, two interceptions against the Lions? 
Oh, and these these are yeah. bad passes. These were these, these are like I don't know if you saw the replays of these interceptions. One, he had yeah, a clear dig route that was like twenty yards downfield to uh, uh, um, Landry, mm-hmm. and he throws over his head and behind him. Oh, oh yeah, like Landry had his man beat at the point of breaking in to the, to where. If Baker leads Landry to the middle of the field, Landry turns upfield and probably scores a touchdown. But at the point when Landry makes his break, Baker's throwing the ball to the break point, and it sells over Landry's head. And don't get me wrong, like, Landry's barely six feet tall, so um, unless he had a step ladder, he wasn't catching that ball. (laughs) Man, they need to spend the free Jarvis movement that dude's having a larry fitzgerald career he's a such a he's such a good player and he's never had good yeah. uh help yeah quarterback and and the second pick he threw I, again behind the receiver i think he was going to david and joku i may be wrong on this one but it was a dig route how do you miss a player on a dig route they're running like 10 12 yards downfield and they're coming <laughs> back to the ball you throw it right at their back so that when they turn around it's hitting them in their chest and yet again he throws inexplicably low and behind the receiver. And the defensive back playing zone coverage happens to dive to the ground and scoop it up before it even makes contact. So these are not good throws. By no, me, not by at Baker. all. Well, yeah, I, I mean, the game is in Baltimore, so, I mean, it's not that much different from conditions in Cleveland. But... I, Again, is like you said, there's, there's, there's a cycle. Yeah, there's a cycle with the Browns. Like, we yep. believe in them. They crap the bed. We can't, we trash them. They say no one respects them. They win some games. We believe in them. They crap the bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you can set your watch to it. Yeah. And, and I don't say we're believing in them, but they won a game. So if they win this game, then we're going to believe in them. Yeah, it, it, it'll be like when they put 41 on Cincinnati a few weeks ago, and then they just absolutely crap themselves for the next two weeks. Oh, my gosh. Just, oh, man. Uh, Ravens injury report has a litany of names. Uh, of course, Lamar Jackson is still listed as questionable. He should be good to go coming off his non-COVID illness. Uh, wide receivers who can't catch, Miles Boykin and Marquise Brown are both listed as questionable. Cornerbacks Jimmy Smith and Anthony Everett are on the injury report as well. Uh, Malik Harrison, their linebacker, was designated to return from the injury list, uh, excuse me, injury reserve. So that is good news for them as far as help at that position. And um, Parnell McPhee is expected to have a short-term absence after having his knee scoped. The Cleveland Browns, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Swartz, Tack McKinley, Troy Hill, A.J. Green, the cornerback, and Jarvis Landry, along with Baker Mayfield, all show up as questionable, along with J.O.K. Uh, Kareem Hunt says here that Kevin Stavansky is hopeful he will be available for the game against the Ravens, which would definitely be helpful if he does show up. But um, moving on to Monday night football, the Seattle Seahawks only fall one spot. From 22 to 23, the Washington football team moves up from 27 to 24, and somehow the Washington football team is one-point favorites. 
I'm, I'm sorry, Justin, but it seems like you did it too. It looks like we all picked the Washington football team, even though I really didn't want to, but please Neither did rant I. about your Seahawks. <laughs> so the Seattle Seahawks started the season as a hopeful playoff team at a minimum, as they've always been, and a potential dark horse Super Bowl team. And I think a lot of this is built on reputation. And I think what we have increasingly discovered is that this is a team that has no talent, that is poorly coached, and that has completely lost any semblance of being a competent professional group of athletes. The Seattle Seahawks are terrible. They have a bad roster that is compounded by the fact that they have no money to spend on free agents. They have no draft picks because they traded them all away to get expensive uh, people who aren't playing very well. And they are a team that frankly is a embarrassment to anything we may have seen from this team in the last 20 years. And I'm, I'm sick of it. Uh, Russell Wilson is playing terrible. He's making bad throws. He's making bad decisions. He hasn't thrown over the middle of the field in like his last three starts. He just doesn't do it anymore. Uh, he misses open guys. Uh, he, you talk about the, the Baker Mayfield miss on like the short 10 yard pass. He does that all the time. Now he just sails it in the stands. Uh, he, he runs when it's inappropriate to do so. He doesn't run when he's got an opportunity to do so. This offensive line, which seemed like it was finally at least mid table sucks. Uh, DK Metcalf is a giant child and I love him to pieces as a player, but he is a child. Tyler Lockett can't do it all on his own. D. Eskridge, who was their highest pick this year, had had 11 snaps last week and zero targets, which is frankly par for the course for their top draft pick because their other top draft pick re- recently, Rashad Penny, had one carry at the beginning of the game and hurt his hamstring because he always does that and then had a combined one yard for the entire rest of the game. The fact that they suck and they're going to lose a lot of games this year would almost feel good if that meant they were going to get a high draft pick. But no, they gave away two number one draft picks to get the what is now the highest paid safety in the league, who is terrible at coverage and has, I believe, exactly zero sacks, which was the one thing that he was good at. On the defensive side of the ball, they have, they're on their, what, fifth, sixth corners this year. They finally had a guy in the, the rookie who looked like he was going to be pretty good. He's hurt, he hurt his knee last week. He's gone. The defensive line sucks, can't get any pressure. Uh, Carlos Dunlap, who they brought in last year to turn that around, has like maybe a sack and a half on the year, maybe two. The only player on the team who is any good, I would say, is Quandre Diggs. And it sucks because they're old, overpaid, have no draft picks, have no money. This team sucks this year, next year, the year after that. Frankly, if there was relegation in this league, they would not only be relegated immediately, they would have like a four-year cooling period before we're willing to give them another evaluation. So for that reason, and the fact that the Washington football team is not a complete embarrassment to the league, I think Washington wins this easy. And frankly, they're the official team of all Washingtons going forward. (laughs) Wow. Oh, man. Well, um, so yeah. So the injury report... Pretty much. Pretty much. Yep. Go ahead. Because I've got nothing to add after that. Nope. Uh, uh, other than, nope. And, and I hate to take this dig at you, but I take a look. I, I crap on my team. I take digs at everyone who comes on with their team, especially if they're not playing well. Um, 
I remember jumping on a podcast at the beginning of the season in, 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 in which you proclaimed that the Seahawks were definitely going to play better and compete for the division. James, why are you bringing up old stuff? <laughs> and look, when I mentioned that the Cardinals were going to improve this year, you kind of pretty much said I was dead to you. I was like, eh, unless you guys bought in an offensive line I didn't see this season, because as you mentioned, I, this is the one thing I don't understand. And I harp on this a lot, even when talking about my team and the other teams in the league. I've mentioned many times before this podcast, the good teams, the very good teams in the league invest money in their offensive and defensive lines and get quality players. It's bang for your buck. And, and look, I, as much as I hate Chip Kelly, I mean, it was his regime that drafted Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox. In the same draft. It is time to fire Pete Carroll. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, hey, look, I, I, I can't disagree, but unfortunately the guy's got a Super Bowl victory, back-to-back NFC titles. Um, I don't see him getting fired anytime soon um, because of that clout. It, it does – it doesn't linger for a while unless you have an owner who's like, I, I, I want new and innovative offenses that throw the ball, and, and now he has to shut up because the run game is controlling everything. So I, I don't know if your, your, if your management group, your, your, your ownership group is going to do that to Pete Carroll anytime soon. I mean, you, you guys still have Russ, it, it, and yet that belief that in Russ we trust and let Russ cook, like you said, that – it doesn't work unless there's people up front to block for him. And, yeah, Swiss cheese is the best analogy I have. Uh, the injury report has the Seahawks with Trey Brown, again, undergone season-ending knee injury, uh, knee surgery. So he's done for the year. Rashard Penny, uh, which Pete Carroll says has a hamstring injury, um, and he's listed as questionable. DJ Reed and Jamarco Jones are also listed as questionable. Uh, Chris Carson slated to undergo disc fusion surgery in his neck. Ouch. So uh, he's been placed on injury reserve. That is the season for him. Uh, the Washington football team has tied in Ricky Seals-Jones, defense end Shaka Tony, wide receiver Curtis Samuel, offensive tackle Shadiq Charles, and center Tyler Lawson. Listed as questionable. Uh, they do expect to get Logan Thomas back at some point in the future from injury reserve, but don't hold your breath. Uh, the two teams we didn't mention this week, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Arizona Cardinals. The Chiefs uh, move up from nine to four in our power rankings. The Cardinals resume their number one spot in our power rankings, and I definitely want to talk about them briefly, but starting with the Chiefs, Nick, our fan, sends in Kansas City Chiefs versus the bye week. Uh, the Chiefs get Thanksgiving week off, so have no excuse for avoiding their families. It's actually a great time for the, for the bye with the team looking like they finally have themselves figured out, they've gotten themselves in a good position and can now solidify it with three straight divisional games coming out of the bye, but you don't need me to insert my chief smugness into a pod on a week they aren't even playing. Stop reading this now. Stop it. Okay, Nick, you're you're right. But the Chiefs have been playing better as of late. Um, 
Patrick Mahomes is looking like Patrick Mahomes. They've actually scaled back the offense and stopped trying to manufacture big plays and let them happen naturally. The defense is playing better, and the Arizona Cardinals, Colt McCoy might be the best backup quarterback in the league this year. He's won two of the last three. Um, You guys got anything to add on these two teams since they're on their bye week? Justin? No, not really. MJ? Okay, nothing? No, I mean, um, I, they're, they're both they're both good teams. They're due for a bye week. Something that's always worth reminding people is that Andy Reid is something like 21 and 1 or whatever coming off of a bye. So I'm sure he's... Yeah, it's uh, like three he's, losses. He, he'll, he'll, he'll be sitting in a dark room with a turkey leg in one hand and his pen on the other as he's highlighting the playbook and getting ready. Oh, man. I do want to talk about four teams that did lead their divisions. And going into week four, I proclaim the Dallas Cowboys the Green Bay Packers, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tennessee Titans as division champions outright. Just And this week, all four teams laid an egg. Now, I would say the team in probably the, the most trouble is definitely the Buffalo Bills as the Patriots have leapfrogged them by a half a game. Um, of those four teams, which do you all think is in most trouble of not actually winning what seemed to be a very easy division for them to win between the Packers, Cowboys, Bills, and Titans? MJ. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think it's easily the Bills. Uh, I, I think the, the, the Patriots are good again. Um, as I was warning people last year, like it was a year off for the Patriots. They had pushed like so much money and so many old players and things like that ahead that they needed to basically pay that bill. And they were like, all right, let's just do it in one year and kind of tank and get a high draft pick. And oh, lo and behold, it worked. And now we're watching them on the upswing again. And their trajectory is only upwards right now. Uh, so yeah, the Bills should be worried. As I said earlier, I think the Bills are good, and I think they'll get better. But I think the Patriots are going to keep getting a lot better, especially with two more meetup matchups versus the Patriots late on this year. Mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to pick the if, Tennessee Titans. Go ahead, MJ. No, I'm I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, if Mac Jones continues to play the way he's playing, and it's interesting because when I watch him play, he doesn't do anything spectacularly but he also does most things well and 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 the Patriots have the kind of system where if you do everything well you will succeed in that system and I, I think that's something that people don't always think about because for the last 20 years they've had Brady and Brady is probably the best quarterback of our current generation, so you can't look at him and just say he does everything well. He does everything exceptionally. So you expected the Patriots to be who they were when they had Brady, but they had their rough spots with Cam. Now they're having their good season with uh, Jones. And it's just, it's, 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 I know it's a, a, um, a cliche, but slow and steady does win the race. And that's what the Patriots are doing, just slow and steady progression, um, getting better every week. 
Yeah, definitely. The season is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, I, I really wanted to pick the Titans as a team in trouble, but the Colts are the second place team in that division and the Titans have already swept them. So the Colts only shot, well, I should say their main shot at the playoffs is the wild card. Outside of that, a Titans collapse. But I mean, do we really see one with the Titans at eight and three? And I mean, they still have games against the Jaguars and Texans left on the schedule. A Dolphins matchup. I mean, even if they lose to the Patriots, they still got the Jaguars, Steelers, Niners, Dolphins, Texans. I, I don't see they blow enough of those games to allow the Colts to win a division. That that's just me. Um, but as far as craziness happen happening, and I I only want to say this just to get Kevin riled up. The Cowboys are a team I'm going to say that's definitely in trouble because. They're seven and three. The Eagles are five and six. And the Eagles have, look, by their record, I'm not taking anything away from the Giants and the football team. They are two division opponents the Eagles have to play in the final six weeks of the season. And we're playing them twice each. We could win all four games. We could easily lose all four games. Never know with this coaching staff. But if Dallas slips up anywhere along the way on their schedule and and looking at the tail end of their schedule, after the Raiders, they have the Saints, Washington, New York, Washington, Arizona, and closing out against Philly. I could see the Cowboys stumbling if they get too full of themselves, and that Week 18 matchup at Philly could be for the division. Not saying it will be. That's just my wishful thinking. But again, I just want to get a rise out of Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Always an honorable goal. Uh, Indeed. Look, I'll I'll be happy if my team – look, I I said during the NFC East preview show that um, I'm expecting this team to win four games minimum, six games max. We're one away from the max. And I said anything over six is a bonus. So with the Giants and Jets, the next two opponents – could win the sixth game sooner than I anticipated. And then, like I said, everything afterwards is a bonus. So uh, any final thoughts going into this Thanksgiving week? MJ. Um, enjoy the holidays. Let's, let's see some good football. Justin? I can't wait till the season's over. <laughs> The draft is a long ways away, sir. It, I mean, yeah, especially when you don't get to pick in the first round. It's, it's, it's even longer for the Seahawks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap it up now. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, the email address is nextfanup at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter at nextfanup. For MJ, for Justin, I am James, your Eagle Superfan. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the game. And please be safe and take care of yourselves. We are still in the pandemic. Signing off. Trying to do the challenge of finding the mysterious pod. Is there somebody else here now? Oh, Jesus. Nice, dude. Let's go. (laughs) Get out of my face. I'm running out of breath and also out of energy. I'm going to see you later. Bye.